This call is being recorded. morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. I'll be a greeter this morning. Good morning, JC. It's Susie. Good morning, sweetie. How are you? Good morning. I'm okay. Good. Anyone else? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. How you doing, JC? Pretty good, pretty good here. Good. Oh. A little bit cold. But other than that, I'm good. Thank you for asking. You're welcome, honey. Good morning. Did anyone else want to say good morning? Good, good morning, morning, Diane. Good morning, Diane. And I'm sorry, who else is that? Good morning, family. It's happy Saturday. Sister Veronica. Hey, this Veronica. Good morning. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Deborah Evans. Hey, Deborah. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday to you. Thank you. Happy Saturday to you all as well. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Clear Victory. This is JC, and I'll be your greeter and hostess today. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory, JC. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory, JC. 
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Pretty quiet this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Center of Victory. This is Stacey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. This is Brother Duane, everybody. Good morning, Good morning Brother Duane. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Okay, before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello, once again, my name is Stacey, and I am your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed, too. Be sure to phone in daily for the great message we have planned for you. Our monthly theme, entitled The Call, you don't want to miss the teachings, lessons, and heart shares that, we, that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declarers. There are no announcements today. There were no prayers submitted on the air app. The order of the call, the declaration, will be by Duane and Sarah Elliott. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Brother Eric. Then we will go right into the closing comments posted by the declarer. Once again, order of the call, declaration will be by Dwayne and Sarah Elliott. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Brother Eric. Then we will go right into closing comments posted by the declare. The scripture for today is 1 Corinthians 1 and 19. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. At this time, we ask you to put your phone on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the declare of the day. Let's have a blessed day. Thank you, JC, so much for hosting and introducing uh, or bringing everybody in, welcoming everyone in. Good morning, family. Uh, Welcome to a beautiful Saturday that the Lord has created and one in which uh, we pray he's going to bless us all with what he has to speak. Um, my wife has uh, had a, a teach building up in her for a bit now, and um, today is that day. So uh just want to open this up to the Holy Spirit and ask for the Lord's assistance on this day. So, Father God, Daddy, thank you for the blessing of this day. Thank you for the your breath in our lungs. Um, I thank you, Father God, that uh, we are 
all called unto you. That, Lord, um, Father God, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit, you would have it that all men would be called unto you. We may not all give a yes, and we may not all bring attention to it, Father, but everyone on this line, Lord God, is, is seeking after you, to be with you, to have deep relationship with you, to be utilized as you created us for, to actually function in the things and the ways and the life that you intended for us. I pray, Daddy, that what you want to speak to your children on this line is spoken to by you today. Move us aside. Come come to the forefront. Come with fire. Come with power. Show up and show out in Jesus' name. Daddy, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I'm um, so excited to get to share what the Lord's downloaded. I have several scriptures that I want to share with you, but the main one for this for this particular teach is going to be found in Ephesians 1, 4. And it says, and I'm, I'm actually reading the Amplified Version. It says, just as... In his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world so that he would be holy, so that we would be holy. That is, consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight and love. And what I love about this first, and I'm going to read now just, the NIV, which says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. And what I love about this verse is at the very end of that section, chapter, or verse four, it says, in capital, it's like capitalized in love. And then it goes into a different, different, you know, verse five. And, um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the chosen, the called. That's everyone that that Jesus, you know, has put a call out to. That's everyone. Everyone is called. Um, But few are chosen. And that's actually kind of displayed in Matthew 22, 2, when there's the, the man who is going to do a huge wedding feast for his son. And he put a call out to all of his friends and family, and they were too busy, and they were too, you know, they didn't come. And then he was like, well, if if they're not going to come, then go go out into the streets and the byways and, and bring those folks in. And we all know that's kind of the, you know, what he did with the Jews. He called out, you know, for the Jews, and they were you know, caught up in all kinds of other stuff. And so he said, you know what, then I'm, I'm going to choose the, um, to this, to extend this invitation out to the Gentiles. And I just, you know, there's, everyone has a call and then they, there's also a calling and that calling is part of, of how Christ has chosen us from the beginning of, of the foundation of the world. Every single one of us has the potential to be walking 
just as Christ walked here on earth. I want I want to basically give you a few like downloads. I'll call them Sarah downloads that I just I just feel like the Lord dropped into me. And these are just things that if you feel that you have a calling or um, God is calling you into maybe an office, like of evangelist or uh, teacher or preacher or pastor, that these are some of the things that are inevitable. <laughs> Um, for those that are called, these are these are things that will are going to show up, and just just little things that um, that you're going to start seeing evident in your life, and it means it just simply means that you're on the right track of being transformed from glory to glory. See, he he's constantly redefining our identity. You don't know fully who he's called you to be. Because you only know what he's called you to be right now. This is this is the stage that we're in right now, right? So, how do we get to the next stage? We get in the glory. I want to read First Corinthians three eighteen. It says, "But we all, with unveiled faces," and I just want to stop there for a minute. Do you remember that? Moses was in the presence of God and then had to put on a veil in order to to come down the mountain and, and talk to the people because they all couldn't handle the glory that was shining off of Moses. And because of Jesus, we can go into the glory. We can get into the presence of God with unveiled faces. It says that we all, with unveiled faces, Behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, the image of Christ, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So the more we sin in the glory, the more we begin to look like Jesus. The called, they are required to spend time in the present. We're required to, 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 to look in the mirror and see Jesus, right? Because we get, we, you know, the, when it says glory to glory, when you look at the, if you look to look at the Hebrew terminology, it, it actually kind of means the glory from the New Testament from the, to the New Testament. We're constantly, the, that, think about how the glory was represented in the Old Testament versus the glory of Jesus and his resurrection. We are consistently being transformed. The called are have a passion to be transformed. If you're called to be in a pastor role, a preacher role, a prophet, whatever, you have a passion to be changed. You're going to know that I'm called because I need change. Now, what happens in the glory? Well, lots of stuff happens. One one thing that happens is we, we can get... Um, we can get our identity, right? He speaks to us. He starts speaking to us about who we are and whose we are. You can't, you can't walk in any role without knowing that that's the role you're supposed to be walking in, right? He's going to give you your identity. Um, and then... 
every encounter that you have with the glory, it changes you. We become more like Christ and closer to who we are and who and we're chosen to be. If you, if you, um, here's another, here's another little checkpoint. If you're only operating in one gift, you're still, you're still being transformed because Jesus walked into the fivefold gift. He had the, he had a fivefold ministry. He could flow in and out of these gifts at any given time, depending on the situation and who there he was with and what he was, he was attempting to do. You will see him operating in a word of knowledge, giving a prophetic word, healing the sick, raising the dead, um, speaking to someone's heart, um, forgiving sins. He did all of that um, in probably just a day. Go ahead. Um, So, you know, first and foremost, when we are called, when I can say I'm called, I am called to be a son of God. I'm called to be his beloved. I'm called that he would be my daddy, period. Uh, I'm called to partner with Christ. I'm called to um, call to freedom in him, called to be holy. So my, what we're called to be is his family, is his church. How then you go about doing it, so like you said, you you spend time in the glory, you spend time on his lap, you spend time in a relationship, you spend time being loved, you're called to be loved, and then you haven't, you just, you have no choice but to love others and pour that over. Now, how you do it is then your gifting or your office. You know, there are the ways in which you will do it because he created you and fashioned you in a certain way to share that. But first and foremost, you're his. And then all these things will pour out. So it's never a question of I've got to hold this office and do it this way. You're just preoccupied with loving people the way you've been loved. And then your giftings show out. Your office will come to you, but you don't have to be, I have to stay in this box at all times. You're like, that person I just met needs to have an encounter. Those people need to have an encounter. I don't even know how to, but the Lord needs me to do it. And so things like, okay, today you've got to give a word of prophecy over them because that's what they need. Not because, oh, I'm a prophet. Like, you might not be normally prophetic 100% of the time or you're in the office of prophets. Big deal. They need to hear a word of prophecy. Um, So you will be utilized in the flow of the time for that situation. You sound sorry. Okay, so thank you for that. That was good. If you're called, you're actually going to be a glory carrier. I, I, um, I'm not sure if everybody understands, but like you're going to be like a host of the glory. Like you get in the glory, and then you get the glory in you. <laughs> And then you're going to carry that glory no matter where you go. You can literally host the presence of God no matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store. It doesn't matter if you're pumping gas. You can, you can host that presence of God anywhere. That, that should be 
a, a, a passion of anyone who's called and chosen is to host the presence of God. You will be an atmosphere shifter. You're a game changer. And, and if you want that type of call, like you want to host the presence of God, you're going to have to be prepared to undergo multiple personal healings and spiritual surgeries. Because in order to be, to host the presence of God, just like in the temple, they had to put the cord around the, the priest because it, he could have died. He, a lot of them died, and they had to pull them out, right, because the presence of God was hosted in that place. And so in order for us to be able to eat, get to the point where we can be a glory carrier, we have to also have a pure heart. You, you have to be blameless, right? And in order to be blameless, that means we have to be submissive and surrendering to the will of God and to what he wants to do in our hearts and what he, want, he wants to do in our lives and in our generational bloodlines. And, um, and the people that are chosen for this, of course, um, they're, you know, they're set apart. Just like in Ephesians, we talked about, um, it talks about being set apart. You're going to be holy and consecrated, set apart for him and his purposes. It's interesting because, I mean, I remember, I remember growing up and I'm like, uh, you know, I wanted to do this for you, Jesus. But then I really honestly, did I? Because did I truly understand what was going to happen in order for me to be able to walk in, 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 um, in, that, in that manner, to be, to be holy, to be blameless, to be set apart? Um, I don't think anything really prepared me for what God was going to do to get me to, 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 and it's actually to capture his heart, right? So he, he has, our hearts are so divided and they, we can have, we can have some of the most unlikely, um, and, un, you know, we can have idols that are family members. Like you can have an idol that is your child. Your child can be above Jesus because it says, he says, um, when he said, uh, to follow him, he said, in order to pick up the cross, you have to lay some stuff down, right? So in order, in order to, to walk in my shoes, that means you have to abandon mother and father and child and, and your own life, he said, your own life. So it's like you have to get to a point where you don't, everything has been abandoned. You're like, okay, I just, you know, I'm just going to follow Christ. It doesn't matter what any person says. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how they think of me. Um, it doesn't matter if what somebody says what somebody may be assuming of me. Um, it doesn't matter if they want me to walk in this direction or to go to this place. It doesn't matter because I love Jesus and he loves me. And that, and actually that, that exchange is really important. Um, I sat in a small group. We we're doing breaking free by Beth Moore. And I, and I'm actually throwing that in there because I really think that every single person even if you're a man, should do that that study because it is unbelievably good. And um, and anyways, we sat we I sat this past week while women who were in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, one after another, began saying that they themselves can they know in their mind that Jesus loves them right they know in their head that Jesus loves them and they can tell people that Jesus loves them and they have amazing crazy grace for everyone around them but they don't know that Jesus loves them and my heart 
broke. It broke. Because how can you love someone, truly love someone, if you haven't received his love? If you haven't let his love come in and just shake up your whole entire being? If you haven't let him get into those deep, deep wounds and clean them out? And if you haven't let him cut the parts of your heart, Lord, that are that are not necessary, if you haven't allowed that pain, right? See, like, if, a, if you have a wound, a deep wound, right? See, the, being set apart and consecrated is for our benefit. It's, it's every part of it hurts. I'm not going to lie, right? When those wounds come up and they're strong and something triggers you and the anger pops out or that um, that hurt begins to, it's, it's because Jesus is arrogating it, right? It, you can't. You can't um, have a pure heart if you keep stuffing it back inside. It's going to hurt for a moment. But then when that junk comes up and out and you truly let him in there, he is the greatest physician. He doesn't leave anything behind. He clears every bit of it. And there's been people that have allowed this process to happen and actually have had physical healing, right, because that bitterness and that offense was causing so much damage to their physical bodies. That is what it means to be set apart. That is what it means to be sanctified, to be holy, to be blameless, is literally letting him clean out the areas of our heart in which we've held hurt, our bitterness, um, betrayal, all of those things. He went lost. So if you've lost loved ones and it hurt, and it, and it hurt Jesus. And he, but he just wants to come in there, and he wants to heal it, and he wants he that set apart and blameless and purity. It is all interconnected to, to letting him clean out the areas of your heart that where we put some situation, some person higher than our father. This is to cast down. You know, we got things in our minds that have to be cast down. Things in our heart. Did you have something? Uh, I was going to share that when we worked with at-risk youth, um, eight and a half years, I poured out uh, a lot. Like I believe I, um, I gave my all, but we, we, you know, we it was mandated that we had, uh, you know, we worked with the head therapist at the time as well because we're dealing with so many, you know, so many others' pain. We had to go in, and I remember him speaking once and saying, you know, you have really limited love. And I was taken aback by that. Like, what are you talking about? And he said, don't get me wrong. You give out everything that you have, everything. Like, you're pouring it all out to these kids and your wife, your family, and everything. Um, but he said, you're very limited on the love that you do have. And so you you need more to come in. And I, it took a, a while to understand, but it was that I had a lot of healing still to be done. And I had a lot more reservoir. I, I had to develop a, a much larger reservoir of the Lord's love in my life in order to pour it out. I was given everything I, I had, but I had very limited love, like you said. Um, I didn't necessarily like people. 
God, I knew God was loving people through me, but I didn't necessarily like you um, or, or want to love you in and of myself. And so, you know, we, like you said, with the ladies or different people, when we're like, it's amazing that, okay, how do you, how can you love others and you don't know yourself? Like, does God really love me? And we, a lot of us, we question that. Does he love me this much to let this happen or love me to this extent? And that's kind of a testimony that, you know what, there's a lot more I could love people because I myself don't truly know to the core of my being to where I am sustained in that, that I've been called by him to fully love on. You know, we, we only know to a certain extent in our, in our head knowledge, does it come down to our heart so that we truly know we are his? And then we can actually love people for real. Yeah, I um, I just I'm kind of stuck on this love thing, especially this Ephesians where it says, I just I think I want to read it again, just for, just in case anybody hopped on this line and they're not sure what what scripture we're kind of like basing this teach on it's Ephesians uh, one four and it says just as in His love, in His love He chose us in Christ, He actually selected us for Himself as His own before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy, that is, consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight. And then it's like a period, and it says, in love, period. In love. Man, if nothing else, get that in you. Get it in you. If you do nothing, like actually our only purpose in this life I love what um, Erica Camacho had said. Um, she's from Prophetic Dreamers, and she said, to, you know, this past week, she said to me, Sarah, our only job is to be the beloved. That's our job. If you do nothing else, <laughs> if you don't think about being that preacher or that uh, leader or that director or that uh, evangelist or that worship uh, leader or whatever, if you think of nothing else, just be the beloved. Because that's, Jesus was the beloved, right? He was baptized and, and the Father said, this is my beloved. He just wants you to be loved. And in fact, don't do anything else in your ministry until you get that. Be loved. Be loved. Be loved. Just let it get in there. Spend time in the glory. Spend time in his presence and let him love you. And I promise that when you are letting his love in you, guys, I I can't. I'm just really feeling Holy Spirit. His love casts out all fear. Are you walking in a gift? Are you walking in a role and you are sensing fear? Because if you are, you need to get back into his glory. Because everything the Lord has for you, if you have felt that you can't use your voice, you need to get in his presence because he wants to love that fear out of you. Many of you have been stuck 
you haven't been able to move forward. You haven't been able to um, share what really the Lord has really put on your heart because the enemy has oppressed you so much, and and you've and made agreements with his lies that you that fear has captivated you, and now you need to be captivated by his love. He is saying he wants you to get in his presence, and he promises that he's going to pour his love out. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we all did that, there would be a revival on this earth like nothing you've ever seen. When he pours out revival on this land, it's going to be because of the beloved. The beloved are the ones that are going to be the forerunners, the pioneers, the ones that he's going to use to speak a word. Because you can't give it if you ain't got it. So if you get nothing from this, teach that's I'm just telling you right now, in love, Ephesians 1, 4. Um, if you're called and chosen, and he's probably got, and you're, and you're being transformed and, and all of that good stuff, he's got to, you're going to feel some pressure. And you're going to feel some things. And in order to get to that, that outpouring of the anointing, you need new wineskins. Now, I asked my husband last night, three times in a row, what does it take, what does it take, Dwayne, what does it take to make new wineskins? So, yeah, when, when you asked me that question, I was just like, what? Because you, you got a serious look on your face. I'm like, what? It like, takes new. But to really delve down, because, you know, try to give the basic answers, whatever, and she's just looking at me like, what does it really take? I'm like, all right, let's go back. If you're talking about real wineskins, you got to get rid of the, first of all, you got to get rid of the old one. You got to cast that out. You can't pour, you can't have an old one and pour new ones in. So that's going to take a whole new, creating a whole new wineskin. And then it dawned on me, oh, you mean I create a whole new wineskin. So what was wineskins made out of? That was animal hide. So something had to die. (laughs) First and foremost, first up, something had to die. Secondly, it had to get skinned. I mean, so I'm thinking like, oh, you mean like the really violent, complete description of what it takes to be a wineskin. So something has to die. Then it has to be skinned. Then that skin must be processed and stretched, um, going through a whole lot of different stuff, and then sewn back together and put into this new thing. So the process is death, tearing, stretching, uh, basically manipulated in all sorts of ways, and then sewn back together and cured and so forth to be sealed up. So and then, you know, then you're poured over and sealed up, um, and all of that. As so, it was like, oh, yeah, it's not just a quiet like I'm just going to go to the store and buy a new wineskin. It is. It has to be produced. Um, it causes death. It causes tearing. It causes stretching. It causes all this sequence to then be ready for new wine to be poured in. So it is actually, there's a bunch of violent acts in there. Yeah, and when he explained that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so good. It's good. I mean, it's not good. It feels, it's not, does not feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And I feel like we've been in this, we've been in this, and 
um, probably uh, a month ago, I started saying, uh, I feel stretched. I feel stretched. I feel stretched. And it's like in, in many different capacities. And, um, and then, and then um, someone gave me this beautiful word yesterday. It said, um, I see the Lord is, is sewing some, some old family wounds back together and that you're rebuilding the walls. Oh, my gosh, it was so good because here's the thing is that God is a rebuilder. He, he builds us back up the best way he can. See, see, to be called and chosen, you have to be willing to be broken in order for um, the Father to put us back together piece by piece because he's the great physician, and he will build, um, he will build a stronger vessel. That, that can hold more and cultivate more of him in their lives. I was I was just getting ready yesterday when when that little word came to me. He, we had to be willing to be broken in order to be put back together piece by piece by the great physician. And and then this part we will he will build a stronger vessel that can hold more and cultivate more of him in their lives. So um, when he when he when he's there's a verse, in the, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly right now where it's at, but it talks about stretching out your tent, right, and 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 um and uh, enlarge your tent and uh, put in your pegs, stretch them out. Why? Because he's about to do more in us, more of him, more of him to flow out of us, and and to host more of him. And so that I love how the Lord just brought in that new wine skin. You know, we all want new wine. We all want the glory. We all want the anointing. But do we understand what it's going to cost us, right? And it's such a beautiful process if we allow it to happen. Um, in case you guys are wondering that verse about the pegs and the stretching of the tent, it is? Uh, Isaiah 54, 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. Let it out. Yeah, it's so good. I love that verse. He's just been putting that in our spirits, too. Um, So, we all know that Jesus paid the ultimate price, right, his calling had a cost. You know, we have to be focused more on, see, the thing of it is when we have our identity, we have our purpose, we're not focused on being seen. We just want to touch as many people as possible with the glory of God because when you truly understand and understand this whole process. You understand the only the only thing that can happen. You can't do nothing. I can't do nothing without Christ, right? It's just it's just Him. I am literally just as I am just as vessel to to be a, a conduit of bringing an encounter or bringing the glory of God into someone's life. It really has nothing to do with me and more to do with how many people can I bring an encounter to so that God can transform them. It has nothing to do with me transforming them or helping them. You got people, you got family, 
you get together and it's like, oh, my word, I, can't, I don't know what to do. This person is into drugs. This person has an addiction. This person has left his wife. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what can I do? The only thing we can do is bring it before the Father and be a glory carrier and bring in a, in a counter presence of Jesus into that person's life and pray that God can do the rest. Pray that God will do the rest. And he does. He's so very faithful. See, the Lord knows the timing of when that person is going to make that choice. And he will use you, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, he will use you to be there at the exact time that that person needs to have an encounter with the Father. Whenever, Whenever that time is be. It may be 20 years from now. We don't know. It could be 20 minutes from now. It could be at the gas pump, and the Lord is like, turn around and tell that person something. So if we're listening, Holy Spirit, we're glory carriers, right? We are called. We're the chosen. Um, so your call is not just for you. It's not for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. We just want to be the superstars, don't we? Um, your job will be, you, if you are, uh, walking in, in the fruit, uh, you're walking, you know, you're fruitful, right? Because you're, you're just receiving the love of Christ. You're a glory carrier. Um, your job will be to have followers. You'll have you'll have a team that God will bring to you, and that team it will be your disciples, and those disciples are are meant to be um, spoken into, and your your job will be to equip them, to train them, to cultivate that team, and ultimately to find your replacement one day because that's literally what Jesus did. <laughs> He had disciples, and he trained them, he equipped them, he cultivated them, and then he knew that if he spoke into their, them their purpose, like he did Peter, and their identity, that they would multiply his ministry. Obviously, that worked pretty well. We're still doing it, right? So um, you're, you can tell how a person is walking in their calling by their, the people that they that – they, um, that they're equipping, right? If you, you can tell how a ministry is flourishing if you see fruitfulness and multiplicity, right? Because the people that they're pouring into are going to be fruitful, and they're going to touch lives. Um, the people that they're ministering to, they're going to instill identity and purpose in, and they don't have a problem if that person, God gives that person a word or they don't have a problem. In fact, they, they support them, right? You're, I mean, you're going to be fruitful when you raise up leaders. That's just all there is to it. You know, every, and you understand, you start asking, praying, and, and Lord, you know, this person right here in my congregation, what is their purpose, and how can I support them, and how can I uplift them, and um, how can I speak into them and give them an encouraging word, and how can I get them trained, and, and um, how can I, um, w- you know, wh- when is the right time for them to lead a small group, and, and, and you're going to start seeing such fruitfulness when you, you know, when Dwayne and I sit down at our small group and our life group, um, every single time I'm looking around to see where everybody's at and what I can do to help them get into their purpose. And I know that my husband does the same thing. We're looking at our group and we're saying, you know what, in a year we're not going to see these faces. These faces are going to be leading small groups and we'll have a whole new group. 
right? You're not looking at people and saying, oh, I want them to stay forever. <laughs> and we also have to understand, too, you, you might not see this fruit always or the ones. Um, it might not always be on the church teams and in the actual house you go to worship with. Some of us are pouring into young men and women from our neighborhood. Some are, you know, our college friends within our family, our our friends' kids, whatever. Like you may not not everyone, uh, you know, the church, the Western culture, church as a whole does does the uh, on a poor poor work of thinking when somebody is of authority, like there it's only the pastors. Like everybody's had to have the title of pastor to be worth something in the church. That's not necessarily the case. Like we we are not all called to be pastors just because you're being worked by used by God. Oh, you must be a pastor. No, you might be an evangelist, which means you're touching lives outside of those four walls of your church on a daily. Some of you are. Some of us, literally, what we do, our ministries out in the street. So, is there fruit out in the street that cannot be collectively counted in your collect you know your your offering basket or the number of people that were in your building that particular Sunday. Some of your ministries is in the local park or in the marketplace. Or on your job site you poured into somebody's life that was poured into others and maybe they've got a little Bible study on the side or a support group on the side or they come to you that they know who to go to when stuff hits the fan and they need prayer over. So the numbers or the fruitfulness or whatever is not always church team numbers, Bible study, Sunday service. You know, when we're saying look at the fruit and what have you, you're not, not all of us are quote unquote pastors. You know, we've got the prophets. We've got people that are speaking it. We've got the encouragers. We've got people that are just loving on people that they know in their daily life or are brave enough to go out and, and pull, go past the walls and stretch it out there. So don't always feel um, my my numbers in the building aren't that great. So maybe my fruit's not there. I mean, your purpose is all over. I agree. In fact, as you as you become a glory carrier, you're touching people all over the place. And don't think for one second that your boss isn't going to come to you. You're a glory carrier, okay? So your boss is going to get stressed. And guess who they're going to come visit when they have something that they need, they seriously are struggling with. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter any, it doesn't matter any of that. They're going to come to you. Um, the other part, this next part is, uh, you know, it's, it might sting a little. If you haven't been stung already, <laughs> this part right here is just going to sting a little bit, but it'll be okay. You'll be all right. Um, if you're called as a king, and I say king, I mean influential leader, right? It could be a prophetic leader. It could be a pastor. It could be if you're called as a king um, or a prophet, and especially a prophet, um, or and if, you're, if you're called to be in the office of prophet, you will come into contact with assaulting spirits like Jezebel, you, it, it's, it's inevitable. Uh, you're going to come in contact with people that will betray you. And it hurts like heck. 
Um, but the the best part is that Jezebel got Jezebel got thrown out the window by a key. Well, actually, it was his order and command, and it was her eunuch that threw her out. Okay, because she wanted to overthrow his throne. She didn't want. She didn't want. Any, she was in control. She was manipulative, controlling. She killed off prophets. Um, I don't think she ever did it. I don't know if she ever did it personally. I think it, um, she just commanded people to do it for her. And she was a seducting. She was very seductive. So when Jehu, the king of Jehu, came, you right, and he and she had. She was like, I'm going to use my manipulative and seductiveness to. Um, to manipulate him, and then eventually I'm going to have him killed. Jehu had the audacity to literally come to her king. This king Ahab is really the one that was the king, but we all know that he was under he was being manipulated by Jezebel. Um, and uh, at this point, he had already died. But King Jehu shows up in her territory, right? Has the audacity? He shows up. The woman who has killed kings and prophets, and prophets are now hiding in caves because of her, right? He shows up, and he gives one command. She's now got makeup on. She's got her hair done. She's got her nails on if she had nails back then. Um, and she was trying to pull him and seduce him. <laughs> and you know what he did? He said, throw her out the window, okay? So the temptation is always going to come, right? Those people that will seduce you or manipulate or control, especially if you're called to a higher calling, and, um, and especially as a king or a prophet, right? So it's, got, it's inevitable. She's, she's going to come in some form. And, uh, and don't think for one second that they don't, they don't hang out in churches. It's exactly where they hang out because – they they are after the leadership. You'll you'll actually see them rub noses and elbows with the leadership of a church, right? And in the old school, like if I remember, so I started looking this up, right? I started looking this up a, a couple of years ago, and I'm like, okay, so how do you get rid of her, right? And right now, in this present time, and oh my word, every single article I had read wrote uh, read wrote read was you're, you you can't defeat her, um, so, like, you you can do the order of, like, you bring it to her attention, um, you bring somebody with you, and then the third time you can try to, you can try to, um, you know, have her leave, um, but, but you, but, you know, a lot of them said you have to, like, get out of her circle of influence or leave the church, and I just could not swallow that. I was like, uh huh. No, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, and nothing's impossible. So, what is it? What is it? Right? How can we do it? And then over the time, God began to speak to me because um, my testimony is that I came out of that influence. Right? I had a mother who's extremely controlling and manipulative. I carried that into my marriage. I began manipulating and controlling my husband, and um, and then I knew it. I could, I could, I could just by, I, I mean, it was sick. It was sick, the things that I was doing. 
um, just to keep him from being able to walk in his ministry. And so when the Lord showed it to me, right, he showed me that I, I had it in my bloodline. I came out of alignment through prayers, and I, I may have said the prayers more than four times. Um, and in fact, I say prayers um, to come out of alignment with Jezebel on a regular because just because I come out of alignment doesn't mean that that, that spirit doesn't try to come up and, and, and get me to make an agreement with it. So um, I, began, I began asking the Father, and you know what he says is he said to me, why are we, why are we running from Jezebel? King Jehu didn't run from Jezebel. He said, throw her out the window. So she's got to be thrown out of the high places, right? And it was interesting because the people that threw her out, they had been close enough to her to where she, they were in her chamber. So these were people that were close to her that threw her out of the window. You, you, can't, you don't have to be manipulated and controlled by a Jezebel or live in fear. But I am going to say this. What if instead of, um, instead of running in, into our caves, right, what if we didn't tolerate that spirit? And what if we, um, we commanded it to, come, to be thrown from high places? And what if we began to deal with the hurt and the betrayal that we re, that, and the wounds that she inflicted on us, and we began to let Jesus heal those wounds, and then what if we then are, are used to help heal the Jezebel victim, right? Because anyone who operates in that type of spirit has probably been abused in some way or another because, because someone did something to them that took control from them. And so now they have to control everything around them. And what if that person is your assignment? Right? What if that person is your assignment and you are to um, bring the healing of Jesus to that afflicted soul? And what if that Jezebel actually becomes or is one of the chosen and ends up being able to be just as powerful in the spiritual than she was and when she was afflicted by her? Because the difference between the Jezebel in the Old Testament and the Jezebel of today is Jesus. So I that's some that can be a hard word for someone who has been hurt by someone, um, because it's and it's not just Jezebel. There's lots of other things that a lot of other type of spirits that will try to come. Leviathan is another one they call it, um, the one that likes to cause miscommunication um, and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> the enemy doesn't want you to advance in, um, for God's kingdom, so he's going to try and, and, and bring whatever he can to, to, to dethrone you. And um, so we have to be prayed up, and we have to have a – and if you have that great, amazing team that you've built up and equipped and you've got a good prayer intercessory team, they're going to be able to fight some of those battles for you and stop some of those things in their tracks before they even happen. Another example is so Saul, who became Paul, you know, on the road to Damascus. Uh, you have to understand Saul was, you know, a Pharisee of Pharisees, so he was very much learned, knew the scriptures, 
He was present. He was holding the coats when Stephen was stoned to death. And then he was basically a, quote, like a holy terrorist um, trying to destroy these Christians, trying to destroy this church, this new formed uh, radical movement that this, you know, weird Jesus came in and transformed lives and now this thing is spreading. We got we to gotta put the clamps on this and good Jewish, you know, good Jewish men, good Jewish boys know that we got to get rid of this thing. And so he, he was having people killed on left and right. And then Holy Spirit meets him and Jesus has the audacity to then transform this terrorist into one of the most powerful, um, one of his most powerful followers that's ever been on the planet. Um, Paul wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. Uh, you know, Paul taught the Gentiles on a whole new level. Um, Saul was transformed into someone that was devoted, loved Jesus, and basically the rest of his life was repentive of all the mess that he did. But you've got to think on the amount of people, former Jews that were turned into Christians and Christians that lived, to see Paul be the one being utilized, that's got to hurt. You know, Peter, Peter and Paul had some rough points, can't all know what it was about, but they didn't necessarily get along all that well. And I've got to think some of it is what was the, you know, what's the history back here? Like, Saul had a reputation. And then you take him and say, this is my new poster boy for the movement. That's going to rub people the wrong way. That's going to hurt. You know, if you think of like he had anything to do with my family or my loved one's death, or he had anything to do with our persecution, he had anything to do with throwing them in prison, with bonding them, with wounding them, with talking about them, with declaring that we're nothing but dogs under the feet and all that, bring it to present life. It's hard to see someone else get blessed and see someone else being used by God and moving forward. Like, can you really do that? <laughs> like, can you see someone who truly hurt and wounded you? And we're coming from experience. My wife can attest to. Can you let go? Let God work in your heart enough to forgive and let go because especially if you're being placed, you're called into an office. So God already sees you when he anoints you and calls you um, to come to him. And then he appoints you as a prophet, a priest, uh, an apostle, a pastor, whatever, way before man actually notices it and gives you a ranking, right? So in the meantime, when you're in that training being built up to that, he honors you in your position. So you don't necessarily have to be in a spot in the church. If God's already been in your dreams and in people giving you word and whatever is already, he's already seeing you as your finished work in your position, then anything that's been held that you hold against could be holding up somebody else from their blessing. You know, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So in, in your heart, if you are still carrying unforgiveness for somebody that wounded you because they walked in a spirit that wasn't right, I'm not saying they did the right thing, what have you, but if you're still holding it against them, you may be stopping God of working on their heart to transform them into what they're supposed to be. So if you're still casting daggers at them, you know, you need healed and your heart needs because you need to let them go so God can work with them so he can transform them because you might be holding up the blessing for them 
and maybe 150 people that they could be used for later on. Yeah, that's good because one of my other points was that um, the Lord says to love your enemy and to pray for those who persecute you. See, I bet you that Jesus was praying for Judas even though he knew Judas was going to betray him. Anyone walking in a in their calling and chosen is probably going to have someone close to them betray them, right? Because the closer we get to being in the image of Christ means we go through many of the same things that, that Jesus did here on earth. And, and, the, and it says in his word that you're going to be hated. It says it. And the, and the thing of it is, is that Jesus wasn't hated by the non-believers. He sat with them, drank with them, ate with them. It was the church. It was the church that he was hated by. It was the church that took him to the cross. Church leaders. Ugh, so gross. Right? That we ha we go into a church you feel like you should be family, but honestly, church is a hospital for the sick. And it doesn't matter what position somebody holds, we're all a little dysfunctional. Right? We all have hurt hurts and <clears throat> that's what he wants to work on. He wants to work on our hurts. He wants to get us sanctified and and uh have clean hearts. So that we, when that time comes, because it will come, that we can have wild forgiveness. Our pastor spoke on wild forgiveness uh, a few weeks back. And, um, man, it spoke to my heart. And even during that time, he, you know, they challenged us. They challenged us to have wild forgiveness. What does wild forgiveness look like? Right? What does it look like to, to release someone who brutally attacked you, brutally attacked your heart, and and um, tore it up, what does it look like? It looks like a process of forgiveness. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's a process. But if we consistently surrender to the Father, he'll do a deeper work each and every time until you get to the point when you're like, I can release them, and and I can release that person knowing that I am going to be okay if God even advances them further than me. In fact, Lord, bless them and use them beyond anybody's expectation. Bless them and use them. Man, I'm telling you, that's so humbling. When you see the person who tore you to pieces and God is promoting them, I, I guarantee you're going to get something worked out when you see that. I guarantee it. And you have two choices. Allow bitterness and jealousy and hurt to rage inside of you or release it and release them and dust your hands off and bless them. Uh-huh. Or your feet. Somebody's still not on mute, so if you could just check your phones and see if you... Um, if maybe you forgot to put the mute button on. Oh. Oh, okay. uh, so um, forgiveness will propel you, not just move you. The bigger the release of the offense, the bigger the thrust. He's going to, it's like almost I see this like football, right? And he's drawing it back and he'll thrust you forward. Okay. Um, and based on uh, how much you've released, 
that hurt or that offense or those folks um, will depend on how much power is behind that, that thrusting. Um, he's going to propel you forward, but you've got, you've got to let some things go. Um, and then lastly, um, the, the called and the chosen have a labor of love, and they're called as servant leaders, right? The Lord, the Lord promotes. Man doesn't promote. You don't have to worry about what man can or cannot do because the Lord is the one who wants to, to, to put you forward. And he knows your internal processes and the things that he needs to work out inside of you in order to promote you to where he wants you. And, you, and it's actually going to be in probably the most – you're not even going to – you're going to be busy, so busy working on you, you're not going to realize that God has just promoted you. You're going to be so busy loving Jesus that out of the blue, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I just, you have a – you know, you're promoted. Yeah, you're not looking for it even. You're just like, you know, I just want to love Jesus and love people and change the world. That is it. That's what I'm going to love people. I'm going to love uh, Jesus. I'm going to change the world. And as you're busy doing that and you're busy being loved and being the beloved, somewhere in that, the Lord's just like, yeah, um, now I'm giving you more people to love. That's literally what the promotion means. Promotion is like, I'm just giving you more people to love because you, you've done a great job loving these people, so now here's more people for you to love. That is ministry. That is the heart of ministry. That's literally what Jesus did. He didn't, Jesus didn't, you know, he wasn't in a, a palace. He was on the streets. What does ministry look like? It doesn't always look like the uh, um, John Gray's or, you know, whatever of the world. And a lot of times it looks like the grocery store, right? Because what you're doing here on earth is what counts in heaven, right? Um, we're just loving Jesus, loving people, and changing the world. So thank you for hanging in here with us as we um, share this teach. Um, I hope that each and every one of you got something from it. And um, I'm going to go ahead and pass the call to Brother Eric. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for life. Lord, we thank you for health and strength today, Lord. Lord, we praise your name right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we glorify your name. We lift your name high above the earth, high above our circumstances. Lord, high above the things that we may treasure and we may honor uh, uh, before you, Lord. And so, Lord, we lift your name high above our burdens today, Lord. Lord, we just give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because you are God and that there's no one like you, Lord, that there's no one above you, Lord. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor, Lord, because you are our creator. You are the one who made us, Lord. You are not only our creator, but you are our redeemer, Lord, that you are our savior, Lord, that you are our friend, that you have called us, Lord, with ever loving kindness, Lord, that you've called us, Lord, even before the foundation of, of the world, Lord. And so, Lord, this, for this, we give you praise, Lord, as we even right now approach the throne of glory, 
humbly but boldly, Lord, as we slip the bands of 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 time, Lord, and 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 we stand before the eternal to the God who sits high and looks low, Lord. To the God who made everything, Lord, who created to the most high and yet knows each star by name, who follows the even the death of a spouse, Lord, who knows the number of our head, Lord. Even though we're not worthy, Lord, even though we we we've separated ourselves from you by sin, Lord. But that your grace and your mercy, Lord, follows us, Lord. And for this, we thank you today. Lord, as we come to you today, Lord, we ask, Lord, that uh, as you have called us, Lord, help us to recognize, Lord, that we all have a calling, that it's not just the pastor, not just the preacher or the prophet or the teacher or the elder or even the deacon, Lord, but you have called each and every one of us, Lord. And so, Lord, we ask right now, Lord, that, that you equip us. Lord, we ask, Lord, for the preparation of the call, Lord. Uh, and so, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you begin to change us, Lord, that you begin to change our hearts, Lord, from the stony hearts to the hearts of flesh, Lord, that you begin to change our, our attitudes, Lord, our, 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 our thinking, Lord, our, our mode of thoughts, Lord. Lord, we ask you, Lord, in order to fulfill this calling, Lord, we ask, Lord, that, that you help us, Lord, to crucify, Lord, those things, Lord, that need to be dead, Lord. Help us to understand, Lord, Lord, that our calling is not our gifts, and our gifts are not our calling, but there are two separate things, Lord, that we are called, Lord, ultimately to serve your people. As your word says, Lord, to make the disciples of the nation. And so, Lord, help us, Lord, and equip us, Lord, anoint us, Lord, for this calling right now, knowing that we cannot fulfill the call except for the power and the transformation of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we ask, we pray right now, Lord, for for a, 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 a twofold blessing, Lord, even as Elisha did, Lord. Help us, Lord, to hear the calling, Lord, and to answer, Lord, in the way that Isaiah, Lord, says, use me, send me, Lord. Help us, Lord, to answer our calling, Lord, in the way that Samuel says, Lord, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And so, Lord, as we as we go about our calling, Lord, help us to understand, Lord, that the daily requirement, Lord, is like, according to Micah 6.8, it says, you have shown us what is good. Walk justly. Love mercy and to walk humbly before our God. And so as we open as we open up the lines, Lord, and I encourage all those who are on the line right now, Lord, to begin to praise your name and to begin to praise you collectively, Lord. Lord, we thank you today, Lord. Lord, we praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the calling, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us enough, Lord. Glory to your name, That you could call yourself, Lord. That you give it a that you Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord God. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Who is this 
Ephesians 1 4 and it and it says just as in his love he chose us in Christ actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy that is consecrated set apart for his purpose driven and blameless in his sight in love and some of the points that we talked about are he's he's taking us from glory to glory and really we could say he's taking us from identity to identity who you are right now is not who you will be you are you are consistently being transformed by him and renewed by him so you can't really see who your your redeemed self is um because you are in the present but he's taking you from glory to glory and some of those things that um you'll know when um you are beginning to work in um, all the giftings at any given time. You're operating, in, you can operate in one main gift, but can operate in all five 
gifts, <clears throat> I'm sorry, all five um, of the fivefold ministry, and uh, because Jesus did, right? He did that. We um, we talked about um, just being a glory carrier, you know, being hosting the presence of Jesus in our in our life. We just we're, we can we are called to carry His glory. Um, and then, and then understand that as we as we get into that space, and the and the glory will literally burn some things up out of us, and create some things, and <laughs> cut some things out. And if we want an anointing, of course, the new wineskin requires um, <clears throat> something to die, to be skinned, to be stretched, um, and then sewn up and, re- and reconstructed in a sense. So you have to be willing to be broken in order to be put back together piece by piece but a great position. And and he will build a strong vessel that can hold more and cultivate more of him. So um, if you're feeling like you've had to die to yourself, that things are really raking up against your skin, <laughs> and you're feeling stressed, you're in a good place. That means he's about ready to pour new wineskin into you. And that you have the capacity to carry more because every time we go through that process, we get more. We get more of him. Um, that the calling has a cost, right? We have to die to ourselves. There's lots of things we have um, to leave. And Luke, and I didn't say the verse, but Luke 14, 25 through 27 says, Many people were traveling with Jesus. He said to them, If you come to me but will not leave your family, you cannot be my follower. You must love me more than than your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brother, your sisters, even more than your own life. And whoever will not carry the cross that is given to them when they follow me cannot be my follower. So the called has has to let go and abandon and let pretty much everything in their own life, even their own life, in order to follow Jesus, right? And it requires the calling requires you to be pure and blameless. Um. And we talked about, you know, part of part of being called is is discipling people. It is your job to to cultivate a, a, a however many people as God has given you to equip and train and and build up so that that this ministry of Jesus, which is actually His ministry, not ours, uh, this ministry of Jesus can be multiplied. And then, uh, and if you're called to be a king or a prophet, just you're gonna you're gonna have to expect betrayal. Is, is, you know, Judas betrayed Jesus. Um, <clears throat> the church betrayed Jesus. There's got to be church hurt probably. And it's how you rise above it and allow Jesus to heal the parts of your heart that's going to allow you to step into the calling that he has for you. See, it's got to happen. He says, the world is going to hate you because of me. Right? It's, gotta, that, it's inevitable. So family member, people close to us, those are the people that hurt us. Look at Jezebel. <laughs> Jezebel got thrown out by her eunuch. Right? And then you got King Jehu, who who literally came up in her camp. Do you know what King Jehu did? I get a kick out of this. Okay, he he commanded her to be thrown out the window, and he and then she got she got thrown out, and his horses trampled over her, and he got down off his chariot and walked inside and had dinner. And he had full. He's like, yeah, I'll bury her after. But the thing of it is, is that when he came out, the only thing left was the skull and her hands and her feet. The dogs. <clears throat> the dogs ate every part of her, except for the skull, the hands, and the feet. Which, when I researched that, 
it was interesting because she she worships dogs, right? It was a it was a god. I think it's Anat, A N A T, and it was dogs that she had worshipped and dogs that ate her, and <clears throat> how the dogs were adorned as a god was they had a necklace with skull, hands, and feet. So the very thing that 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 did, that devoured Jezebel was her idols. Ugh. We need to cast those idols down, right? And so when you're being presented with someone in your life that's doing the, a lot of manipulation and control, the best thing to do is to not tolerate it, but also love that afflicted soul because now the difference between uh, Jezebel in the past and the Jezebel in this present day is Jesus. And Jesus can heal a, an afflicted and wounded soul and a victim. <clears throat> so those are just the main um, points. I also wanted to say that somebody who's called uh, is always called to have wild forgiveness, crazy wild forgiveness. The, the person who's who's willing to release someone who's hurt them and watch them be promoted and be okay with that because Jesus will help them process that hurt. <clears throat> and <clears throat> also, your only job is to be loved, to be the beloved. That is it. So I just want to open up the phone lines if anybody has anything that they want to share or anything that they <clears throat> they got from the message today or anything that's on their heart. I would love to hear from you. <clears throat> Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, man, this, this is an awesome declaration. And just that last, um, just that last uh, jewel you just dropped about um, Jezebel, I did not know that. Wow, you know, I love to, I love to learn about God's words and about the situation. I did not know that about the dogs and and about the medallion. So really, thank you. Um, this is this was um very comprehensive. Um uh, you talked about the, the call and all and all of the the aspects of of the call and I love how you kept bringing us back to yes we are called and yes we 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 have a um a, a ministry, we have a ministry, mission, we have purpose, you know, but our call should never uh take us away from what God the essence of God which is love. That our calling should never get take us higher than his people. Should never should never separate us from the least of these. The last, the lost, the, the left out, the homeless, the hopeless, you know, uh uh Christ fed five thousand, but then he also healed a, a a simple lame man. Uh Peter saved over three thousand in his first sermon. But yet, he was able to to heal a man uh, before going into the temple, and I think because he never forgot Jesus' example, and and when Jesus talked about the the good Samaritan, and and that the greatest commandment of all these, and this is what what should hallmark and what should frame and what should bookend our our calling from when we are called until he calls us to sleep, is is that. We are to love God with all our heart and all our strength and all our mind, and that we should love our uh, our neighbors as ourselves. On these hang the law and the prophets, and 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 the law is what is 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 what uh, defines our calling, and the prophets are the example 
of the called out ones. So a uh, wonderful declaration. Um, I could go on because there was so much meat in this uh um, you talked about glory changes. We are image bearers because we're made in his image, but we're glory carriers because we carry his glory because he crowned us with his glory. His glory. We always remember that not our glory, but his glory. And if we are really diligent in our calling into the service of God's people, which is the essence of, of every everyone's calling, we won't forget that. So God bless you, and just you know, I'm 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 always inspired by the way you uh, uh, you Dwayne and, and Sarah, what way you, how you tag team. You're unique in, in the declaration of, of of wings of love, in which you re, are really truly partnershiping. And I just want to say you inspire me, and I know you inspire my wife also. You know, we want to. I always say we want to be like you when we grow up, uh, because you are such a, a great team. So God bless you. I love you, and one, once again, wonderful declaration. Love you, brother. God bless. Good, good morning, you guys. It's Krishanda. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Good morning. Oh my gosh, I'm with Eric. I thought I was so sleepy when I got on the call this morning. I thought I was just going to kind of listen as it was like meditation just playing in my ear, kind of just let it play and speak to me while I was sleeping. But as I tried to kind of just rest, I just kept hearing, as Eric mentioned, meat. Just so much to chew on. Um, Oh, my God. That whole, uh, it's being called and and the the new wineskins and the tearing and the being sewn back together, just so many good things. Um, you guys are just so precious, and I just thank you um, for you guys walking in your calling and for your sharing and for your teaching. I, I was truly blessed, and I, I really got a lot out of your um, declaration. I, as I was laying with one eye open, I was writing notes, and I can't wait to go back and study a lot of the things that you shared. So thank you so much. Um, and please continue to pray for me um, because I do believe I'm, I'm going through a process um, that God has me in, and um, uh, and I'm just going to keep pressing in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, we're going to be praying for you. Um, it's not easy, that process. And I think sometimes the first thing we want to do is run away from that. <laughs> but I promise oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, um, I, another lady I talked to in my small group had said, you know, it hurts. It hurts. And I'm like, I know. But you have to just let it be because this may be the last hurt you'll ever feel in this area. Right, because Jesus is such a good mender. When he mends and he takes and he uproots, it's like forever. Like it's it'll be gone. They're completely irrigated, and the freedom that you'll walk in, you there you can't put a price tag on it. It's unbelievably free. Free that freedom is worth it. It's worth it. So just just let the process happen. I promise you, he's he he. We just gotta actually speak for an accelerated process right now, Father God. 
Oh, Jesus, we just pray right now, Lord, that you would just begin to just lay your hand on her, Father God, and allow this process to happen. And just and just bring a swift process so fast, Lord, that it's going to be able to, there's Amos 9.13 for you. Things are going to start happening on the heel. It's going to be faster than you can imagine. One thing after another. Amos 9.13 is for you. I feel like it in my spirit so quickly that you're going to get a download revelation and you're going to apply it and then the process starts to kick. Like it's just going to one thing after another. One thing after another. Before long you're out of it and you're standing on complete and total and utter um, victory. Yeah. So let it be, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Is there anyone else um that's on the line? I, I felt I really felt like there's someone here who's been who's been um <clears throat> really dealing with um someone in their family specifically that that has hurt them or betrayed them and if you're if you're still on this line and that's happened to you i want to pray for you Hi, Sarah and Dwayne. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I hope you guys can hear me okay. This is Pam. Yeah. Um, that was a uh, wow. The, um, I hope I can get this um, recording. It was such a the the lesson that you and Dwayne spoke on today. Um, one of the things that really jumped out at me is that um, when you were speaking about just reminding me about Saul and um, Saul in the Old Testament being Paul in the New Testament. Did I get that right? I think it was Jezebel, but it's okay. <laughs> Saul that was turned into Paul. Oh, Saul that was turned into Paul. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Because um, I'm sorry, I missed the Jezebel part. I came in when you were talking, Dwayne. I think it was you, brother, Dwayne, about that part. Um, God did just download it so much into me in terms of the process that I've been in and the distance. Like it's just never been any process. Like it feels like the more I'm closer to Him, the more it's been a process. But um, I don't know. He just um, thank you, Lord Jesus, for that prophetic. Um, God's given me so much more. Um, vision into what's really going on in my life. So um, I see that that pressing, he's doing it already. So um, I'm just so thankful. And just um, when you were speaking about um, Saul and Paul, that was just a prophetic thing. That was something very prophetic. And it spoke to me and what I'm going through. And it did nothing but encourage me because God is doing more. I think there's somewhere in scripture, um, I'll have to find it, that um says in those later days, um, we'll see more, he'll do more in us um, than, you know, what was formerly seen in the Bible. And I 
that's what I'm walking in. I thank God for that. I thank him that it doesn't feel like what's really going on. And so you guys just spoke so much encouragement into um, just speaking about, um, you know, what happened. And then Paul was promoted and he wrote the, um, he wrote the Old Test, the New Testament. Am I getting that right, Brother Dwayne? So most of, yeah, like he, maybe a third of the New Testament was like Paul Paul. Um, so he used to, be, he was a very, very, very religious individual, um, you know, Pharisees of Pharisees, and uh, thought that he was getting it all right. So he was kind of like, let me destroy this new thing coming up in Christianity. And then God met him on the his way to basically attack more people and then transformed him. And he ended up writing at least a third of the New Testament. And that was just so deep because um, I think you were saying, Sarah, about how, like, you know, you like just put it in your, if I put it in my walk, you know, seeing someone who's done something to me and then you see that in the natural, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I just thank God because he's, he's just amazing. Like, I prayed for, I've been praying for people <laughs> that, you know, because he's kind of letting me know, okay, this might not be the right way for you to go, but then I'll still pray. And so I don't know, it's a lot, but I'm just so thankful you have just spoken encouragement um, into my life, and I'm working that, yeah, I just thank God for his, um, what he's downloading into me, and that's through you guys. So you two are amazing. I thought you guys just talked about dreams, but now you're coming out with all other kind of stuff, Bible studies. <laughs> so you guys are amazing. Keep, keep going, um, and God bless. God bless you all. Have a great day. Uh, thanks, Pam. Um, it's interesting as you were talking when I when God started downloading some of this stuff, He said to me, "I'm calling the stalls and the desertals," and I'm, you know, and I didn't really make the correlation till now. Both Saul and Jezebel killed God's people. They both killed God's people. The difference right, is that Jezebel is in the Old Testament before Jesus and Saul is in the New Testament after Jesus. Jesus ascended, right? So he gets hit with the glory, right? Saul gets hit with the glory and transforms him immediately, like in a second. Can you imagine having that type of encounter with, with, the, with, with the glory to where you can be transformed instantly. And I feel so strong in my spirit. He's calling the Saul's and the Jezebel's and he's turning them around 180 degrees in his glory. And if we're glory carriers and we're conduits of the glory and, we, and, our, and we're crowned with glory, we could be that encounter yes. for someone to have that 180 degree turnaround. Right? That's, yes. That's it. And so that's what God gave me. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just, I'm no, sorry. I'm just excited. That scripture that um, one of you, the two, one of you guys said, um, hold on, I'm just thinking, pray for those who persecute you. Like, these are things, when you guys are speaking, God was just speaking to me. Like, his Holy Spirit was, but it was encouragement because, again, I realize we all have such a struggle but I, I'm encouraged today. I'm encouraged this morning. I'm, I thank God because he's doing that growth. He's doing it, and it doesn't feel like it in the flesh. 
it's just amazing. And but I see how like he's strengthening me and my reactions and how I'm coming back on things. Like if look this past week, whether it's like something I'm encountered with someone at work and how I've turned around on that, and that's God in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So, um, yeah, praying for pers- pray for those who persecute you. That's just that's so much. You guys are so good. So praise God and God bless you and just please keep going. Yeah, thanks. You know, Jesus has been doing some work in our hearts, too, you know, just showing us that, oh, because of the position that he's given us in the kingdom, right, that we can, we are hurt, and the longer we sit on our hurt and offense can actually hinder the people around us from being able to be promoted to be purposed and to be used by God. Like, how many Saul's and Jezebel's are we not allowing to move forward because we hold up? We are holding her, and because of our position, because we, he, he already, before the foundation of the world, has, has, has we, I, you know, given us heavenly places, right? So he just spoke so strongly to me that I, you're, you need to, I want to use them, so you need to release that heart. I want to use them, and I want to promote them. Boom, man, that hurt so good. Yes, Lord, and one last thing. So I would just pray because my pride was like, okay, I don't want to share all this stuff with, you know, and it's not even on the call. I just had reached out for prayer um, because God was giving me um, the spirit of offense again creeping back in and not I me mean, not realizing. And so I just was praying, Lord, I don't want that in my heart. You know, I want to come and show right. up because you, you know, when especially if you have, what well, I don't know if it's a spirit of offense. He knows what it is, and he's cleaning mm-hmm. it out. Because I, yeah. like, the next, it was like a few days later. I was like, oh my gosh, I went in just so like brand new, like, and I used. It's just amazing. God is amazing, and he's um, he's just doing so many amazing things. But yeah, just praying for my myself saying that it's okay for me to pray for me and God please yeah heal me in that areas of wherever I'm hurt that spirit of offense like really and he's just doing a lot so glory to God he's amazing love you guys okay I'm done (laughs) yeah Lord we just thank you for the work that you're doing and we thank you Lord that it's it's you're you're touching that deep that deep wound father God the people that offend us it's not even about them. It's about the deep, deep wound, even from childhood. So I just pray, Father God, that you begin to do that deep, deep work, that deep work so that, Lord, well, we can um, we can be quick to forgive and we can have wild forgiveness. And, Lord, that we can look past that so that you can use us and that you can have um, help us be glory um, carriers and, 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 and that we can actually bring a glory encounter to someone that needs that also needs a deep work. So we just thank you, Lord, for that. And we just praise you, God, for what you're doing. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone else that um, wanted to say something before we wrap this up in prayer? Good morning. This is Tiffany. Good morning, sis. <laughs> this was so powerful, you guys. Oh, wow. Um, it was a check for me. 
um, Laura began actually show me somebody that I needed to let go of. If I can be transparent. And I'm just like, wow. But I love um, how you spoke about redemption and how we are following after Jesus um, and we're letting go of things so we can pour out to others because that's my heart. Set me free so I can be free to be a blessing to others. And my heart is to serve. And we forget that it's not about your call. It's not about Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And so I, I kept hearing that the whole time you were talking, even about ministry, about letting people step in. It's about servanthood. And um, it's just beautiful. I love the way you just hit it every mark <laughs> this morning. You are right on it from um, looking at those, because I do the same thing. Who, who can replace me? Who can I impart to? I'm looking for the next person to take the next place. And so uh, recently I started doing that. And so it's just beautiful to be set free, not only from a spirit of Jezebel, and those around you, because I also had a very controlling mother, but I did not allow her to manipulate me. At some point, I realized what she was doing, and I stopped it. But forgiveness. This year has been a year of forgiveness for me and my mother. Amen. And letting go of the things that I experienced with her, because I, I just thought, oh, she's just the controlling, she just, you know, mother. You know, oh, she just lost the best of me. No, she controlled. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that um, God kind of cleansed me of that. But it was a healing thing for me to be set free from. And that has been the last two years. There's a lot of healing that has taken place. Not only that, being exposed to it in church from somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. And it took me a good two years to actually let that to like, now I could see that person and be okay, and be all right. Um, they have not been set free from the spirit. They're still carrying it. They're still walking in it, but I had to be okay with it. And the scripture that came up to me, even when you're talking about being in ministry and um, you know, talking about Judas, how you're sure Jesus probably, and I'm sure he did too. He prayed for him. What came up for me was Isaiah 53. And uh, that Jesus was, you know, wounded for our inequity. He was rejected of men. And so we forget that we will be rejected. We forget that we are sent out as sheep uh, for the slaughter. We forget that he bore the ultimate price. And so when we come up against friction, when we come up against different things, we just need to keep our eyes on Jesus, and that's easier said than done. But we have to keep remembering that he bore it all. If he went through it, guess what? You're going to go through it. But guess what? I've made a way out for you. You don't have to let this thing get in you. It can happen to you, but it doesn't have to get in you. And so just beautiful, you guys. I'm I'm, I'm like, kudos, kudos, kudos. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's so good, isn't it, when he pricks our hearts like that? Because it's really because it's really for our benefit, right? He's yeah. he, he's like, you're, girl, you're stuck, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, I want to yeah. unstuck you, right? Because well, I was like that last year. I had somebody that was coming up in the. I'm gonna be honest. There was somebody coming up, um, coming up in the ranks and you know get, being promoted, and I still had like all this hurt in my heart towards this person. And yeah. I love that person, but there was still that thing that was there that was like, I don't trust her. And the Lord said, you you don't have to trust her, but you have to love her. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, okay. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like my son, um, we went to Walmart the other day, and there was this girl, there was this lady, and I... I think she just got like yelled at by another woman because she had a dog and it's like a hundred and you know, 20 degrees and this dog didn't have like little slippers on and was limping and it was hurting. And so this woman let her have it. And this one, then this woman went off and she was, and I had my son, we just got out the door and you know, um, my son has, you know, he has a pretty good crowd. I don't necessarily know that he's, been around a lot of people that you know are yelling and screaming and cursing and so he was a little bit put you know put back by he's like what in the world so um you know I'm kind of trying to tell him you know look you know people are not everybody understands the love of Jesus and so um you know they're going to act like this sometimes and then we did our normal shopping and then we came out and he had bought a toy and we you know I I figured he you know, he forgot all about it. And he just said to me, Mom, I don't know if I really trust that lady. She, she's yelling at her dog, and I don't know if I really trust her. And I said to him, no, you shouldn't, you, because I think she's, you know, she's very hurt inside. But we can still love her, right? We can still love her. We don't have to be close to her. She doesn't have to come. <laughs> we don't have to go, like, say hello or anything even. But we do need to love her. We do need to love her. And, so, and pray for you know, healing. And pray for healing for that other person. That's where God is using you to start praying for healing. Once exactly. I got set free, then I was able to pray with a clean heart. That's right. That's right. And pray for that person redemptively because it's always about redemption. And exactly. I've seen that, and now I'm seeing that person come up and step into their gifts and their callings, and I've been even able to speak into that person's life with no malice, you know, with no hurt in my heart, no pain, no just love for that person. Right. And so, right. you know, people do change. <laughs> God is they, a changer. Right? Hey, if we've changed, they change, can, can change too, yes. right? We we often oh, forget yeah. that we were just as just as bad as, as the things that we're seeing Ooh. around us, so. Amen. Man. Good morning. It's me again. Uh, I just also, uh, I, I like the part, uh, Sarah, when you talked about, and you were transparent, you, you said you had the spirit of Jezebel on you, how you were manipulative. Mm-hmm. And I and and I see how you allow God to use you, that, you, that you've changed. And even your calling, you've changed from manipulation to to submission because you've submitted to to your husband and you've allowed your husband calling to go forth his mission to go forth that both of you are being glorified 
and 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 we we see now the fruits. I think it's a very important lesson, especially to those who uh, those who may be online who are married. That you know, what I'm saying that it's not a, a a power struggle, but that God originally created us, you know, male and female, and to 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 um to do this mission, you know, to to be fruitful, multiply, and to fill the earth, and 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 and. And acting our roles in which God has created for us, that that both of uh, both partners can can be used powerfully and mightily uh, as instruments of God's will. So I just wanted to thank you for that too, and as as, as being a living example. For yeah, I think um, I think people would be alarmed if they knew like how influential that spirit can be. Um, I, I, the Lord, it's like the Lord began working on my heart and then um, he led me to a ministry. It's actually a support group um, for most of them are marriages because um, people have married into, um, you know, they married someone that they didn't realize was very, you know, narcissistic or, you know, controlling or whatnot. And really for me, it was was more influential. Um, I was scared. I was scared of the call on our lives. I was scared of, um, like, stepping. My biggest issue was stepping out on faith without knowing what was going to happen. So um, the Lord has totally dismantled that now. I have no idea what's happening. (laughs) And he's been so incredibly faithful um, to provide for us and, and bring provision, even when we had only, I don't even know how many times this past year, we've only had $5 in our account, and yet our rent is due, and he's still... And he's still been faithful. But that was a difference between um, where I, before, I was like, I don't, I don't trust you. I obviously don't trust God. God. Um, and so I'm going to make all the arrangements. That's, that's the part that was controlling. I'm going to do everything. And um, Dwayne's resistance was I'm being called here. I'm being called. I'm being called. And I would just do whatever I could to, because I was too scared. You know, it can come in so many different forms. We have, you know, it, the, Jezebel likes to say um, masked. And so um, I believe there's a season where she's going to be unmasked. And we're going to be, we're going to see, we're going to see the true ugly um, and and many different circumstances. And um, and really, my the submission was to God and then to my husband. So when, when I submitted to the my Heavenly Father, then the father was like, and now you submit to your husband, right? Because I speak through him. I'm speaking through both of you. But I speak, it's like a lot of times they'll show this diagram of like the father and then the husband and the wife. And it's, and to me, the Lord showed me it was the father, the husband, and wife were together. It's a partnership, right? It's a partnership with a heavenly father. And we're in partnership with each other. And, we're, and he's in partnership with the father. And I'm in partnership with the father. And um, yeah, it's definitely been a learning. It's been a learning. It's been a learning um, journey. And um, yeah, there doesn't. I, there's not a lot of power struggles anymore. I would say that there's a lot of freedom that took place when. Um, and when I start to feel one, I just go get in the glory. I just like okay, something's you know. I need to go get some Jesus time.
Well, I think my husband's going to go ahead and pray us out unless there's any more people. We don't want to miss a person that they need prayer or they want um, to say anything about today's teach. Um, and uh, he, he can pray us out until our Saturday. And just pray that you all are um, blessed and um, that your Saturday is full of joy and um, that you just take some time to just, like, slice this up and eat it and chew on it. I feel like the Father is going to probably reveal some things along the way, um, of maybe even areas of your heart that he wants to dig a little deeper in because, you know, he wants you to, to, to move into your next identity. You know, the one thing that he's been showing me is that, like, you think that once you understand your purpose, you you understand your identity. But our identity is consistently being changed from glory to glory. So every time that we get into into that place with the Father where we're pressing and, and, and receiving his love and his glory, our identity will change again. And um, so maybe just ask the Father, what's my identity today? What, who, who am I? What am I? What's my assignment? Who am I called to? What's my passion? What are you developing in me? Um, and understand that the path of the most resistance is usually where he's going to take you. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? He's probably going to just transform you in his glory, and then you're going to step into the thing, that very thing that you're kind of like, no, I don't want to go there. Um, but he's going to he's going to make the way for you to to do that. So. Anyways, um, love every single one of you. Love declared victory. Thank you, um, um, everyone, for letting us come on today and just um, give a word. Dwayne's going to pray us out. Daddy, I thank you for the blessing of this time period. I thank you, Father, that you are present. I thank you, Lord God, that you call us onto your heart to be loved by you, to know um, Still got a true calling of being your sons and daughters, heirs to the throne, um, family in your kingdom. I thank you, Father, that you are you do uh, glory to glory. You are transforming us. You are allowing us to know how truly and deeply loved we are by you. I pray, Lord God, we give our yes to that first and foremost, to just know you, to be um, saturated in your love, to grow in the knowledge of you, to grow in relationship with you, because everything else comes into place and becomes settled, and we can walk forward. Because um, if we know we are yours, we know who we are. One of the biggest questions constantly is, what is my purpose? Who am I? What am I supposed to do? And all those things, and they're all answered in you if we will just accept that first calling of being your children and know that we know that we know we are loved by you. Carry us out in peace. Father God, may this day be a day of opportunity. Let us not waste it. Um, let us learn even further how to be loved by you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day, everyone. Love you. Love everybody. You love you guys. Amen. Have a blessed day, everyone.
Thank you.